and welcome into the Empire Dynasty League podcast. On Wednesday, the 29th of November, we are just around the corner from hearing Mariah Carey just sing her siren that some people hate, but is an absolute banger in my opinion. And the song's not bad either. Uh, (coughs) (laughs) I'm your host, Ben, in case you're wondering, and joined by my co-host, Christopher Keane. How you doing? Wow, wait. What an intro. It is a big week. We've only got a couple of weeks left and maybe we could have maybe we could have used this as our our new top 3 for the week because I'm more of a George Michael man at this time of year. George uh, Michael. I think that's last Christmas. I think that's way better than my Well, life. let's uh, yeah, all right. Well, we're already opening a can of worms here. I think next <laughs> week, next week when it's December officially, we will uh we might go with Christmas songs, we might go with Christmas movies because I know that could be a controversial one too. People uh, even question whether movies like Die Hard or Christmas, but we'll uh, we'll hold that for next week because we're we're joined by uh, our other co-host Hod. He's not in this week, so we've had to put out a call, and uh, I think someone's at the door. Welcome into the podcast, Matthew Thais McMahon. How you doing, mate? Going on, boys. Thanks for having us. Upgrade in the uh, league host department, if you ask anyone. Ask anyone, Who's... including Hod himself. Definitely not. Definitely not. But, no, um, thank you yeah, for coming just... aboard. No worries. Thank you for having me. I'm more a Bing Cosby man myself. <laughs> when it comes to Christmas songs. Like Christmas? Bing? Yeah, right up there. Just the real classic. You, really you love a white Christmas face. What about what about boobs? <laughs> hey, what about boobs of the Michael variety, not the oh, female boobs. variety? I'm yeah, a big fan. Of, I'm a huge fan of boobs. Boobs. I'm, I'm a boob man. <laughs> the old crooner. Um, you old sailor, you. <laughs> well, we'll hold. I mean, Christmas is around the corner, but um, we'll we'll finish off November with a bit of Christmas. <laughs> and that was that was a little just a little nod to our UK listeners out there because we're going to uh, we we're trying to think of some things that we uh, we could rank here. We're just throwing some ideas around off air and um, just chip flavors or the chip aisle, I suppose, came up and then got a bit heated. So we had to start recording because uh, Keeney has some strong opinions about what constitutes a chip, apparently. No, it's just it's not what constitutes a chip. I think we agree that when you walk down the chip aisle, anything from there. But you you sort of said, oh, does that include corn chips? And I just thought, yeah, it can. But if that's in your top three, something's wrong with you. So, but we'll we'll, we'll, get to, we'll get to that in a sec. But also, how again? How is this podcast free for the listeners huh. with that sort of absolute brilliance from you, Ben? Unbelievable scenes. <laughs> As long as I've got an audience of one who enjoys my gags, you're the only bit of live feedback that I know that someone's found it funny. So Thais had the deadpan look on his face, but that's okay. As long as you hit one person, you're all right. Um, all right. Does anyone want to kick it off? I'm, I'm more than happy to go with my number one chip flavor. Go for it. All right. right. Before you start, yeah, it's very important that it's a three, two, one. And not a one, two, oh. three. So suspense to build up okay. for your number one flavor. Okay. Interesting. I just don't mm. like people stepping on my toes. So if someone takes my number one, then I'm going to be upset. Um, well, that's 
So that's the downside is that you go with number three and someone's number three or two is someone else's number one. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. It's number one is the big fucking... It's the big... It's like I'm putting all my eggs into that chip. There's no egg-flavoured chips, but that could be a thing. I don't care what your number three is after I know what your number one is. So... Yeah, but you... Well, it's filled suspense. Where's the cutoff? Like, is a corn chip going to make it? Um, <laughs> sure. Well, God help us if it does, Ben, is all I'm going to say. All right, so you want us to go with three. We'll do the reverse. Well, you are the guest, so we'll... Why don't uh, we do two first? <laughs> let's, let's, start, <laughs> let's start with prime numbers only in our rankings. Uh, all oh. right, my... Oh, well, now... You, okay. Well, my number three then has to be the uh, the Nacho Supreme Dorito flavor, Keeney. <laughs> that is... Absolutely, you're, you're telling me, you're having a laugh if you're telling me that you don't go down the chip aisle and you don't, if you're buying three packets of chips because people are coming around or you're just getting some snacks to chuck in the old pantry, you're not going to grab the nacho cheese or the supreme cheese Doritos. I'm glad you've put some flavouring with it. I was worried about just the plain corn chip because I thought any any chip that you need a condiment with to dip the chip is a problem, but at least you've added some flavour there. I don't, I don't mind it. It would be in my top three, but uh, fair enough. Okay. But we're not catering for a party here. We're going No, well, either way, I'm telling you right now, there is a packet of Supreme Cheese Doritos in because, my cupboard, so it is... Because I, I get what you're saying. Like, when you're hosting someone, you want some variety for everyone. It's not about what your first three are. It's more about variety. Like this That's podcast. Where I, think corn chip, I think that's where the corn chip comes into it. It's just a... Convenient um, filler for variety. No, That's it. hard disagree on that one. So I'm glad that you get variety when I come around to your place because it's uh, it's appealing to me. I think the corn chip of all the chips has the most addictive seasoning or flavouring. Mm. So it's like you have a few Doritos and all of a sudden you've eaten the whole bag. You're like, what just happened? So I don't think you get the same effect with other flavoured chips. Yep. Pretty good. Yeah, good. Go, Keeney. Give us your number three then. Um, Ready? Yeah, okay. My number three is the very delicious Red Rock Deli Sweet Chili. Okay. Solid choice. Very Solid gore- choice gourmet three. of you. Well, the Red yeah. Rock. Wait, wait till you hit, wait till you hit number one, mate. I oh. thought you were going to go with something a bit healthier and like a chicken crimpy shapes or something like that. You know, the no, baked no. variety. Although that's probably not in the chip aisle, but anyway. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, yeah. No, that's a solid choice there, Thais, number three. Thank you. No, it's a solid chip. Um, Honourable mention to all of the corn chips before <laughs> I dive into my top three. They're all fantastic. With the potential exception of the original, which does require a bit of salsa, but the rest of them outstanding. And the honey soy red rock deli was a oh, mate, a very you wanted close to do port. the reverse, and now you're giving fifteen oh, honourable mentions. I know. Here we go. Number three for me is the Samboy barbecue. Wow! Ooh, okay. Absolute blast from the past. Banging barbecue bangers. The Samboy. Yeah. Can you have a sunny boy with that? <laughs> I think you have to. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Do they still make Samboy? Oh, it's a genuine question. I highly doubt it. Okay. But yeah. You'd have a Samboy, a sunny boy, and then you go and play Tarzos. 
Yeah, yeah. they're still there. First, they first hit Samboy barbecue potato chips, two dollars. Fantastic! I bought a Samboy Boom. show bag back in the day. That's that's uh, you can bring it back at, memories. You can get them at Coles or Big W. <laughs> just free plug for uh, Samboy chips w. there. Big W just rocking out the Sandboy chips. All right, my number two, and I'll throw in an honourable mention because everyone else is doing it, is the uh, the Pringles sour cream and onion. That is, it's a good one, and that's a tasty one if it's out there. But it's not one that I probably would reach for in a top three selection. My number two here, this is uh, this gets a few looks when I tell people this, but it's the Thins Plain. Wow, just. Just keep it simple, boys. You don't need to overcomplicate. This is how the chips started. A bit of fried sliced potato and then just sprinkle a little salt on it. That's how we got to uh, this culinary experience. And then some people tried to bastardize the whole situation by throwing vinegar in and then they threw other shit in and then made barbecue, which doesn't even taste like a barbecue. And yeah, just give me the simple. And it has to be thins. Don't fuck around with Smiths or anything like that. It's too thick and too salty. Deus. I'm going to have to disagree with you, not on the flavour, but on the chip. I think uh, if you're going to have plain chips for mine, they need some thickness. They need some thickness like a, a Matty Mac after 9 o'clock on any given day. But they need to be crinkle cut or... So you're the Smith, you know, you're a Smith man, are you? kettle, like thick cut. Yeah, I don't mind, the I'm kettle a, ones are okay. They got like yeah. a bit more to them. But the, the Smith one, they fuck up the ratio Just with salt. Light. They crumble. You could dissolve it without chewing. That's the best part. You can smash a packet. You don't even like have to take a breath. Um. So, yeah, I'm a basic ass bitch, but give me some plain yeah. thins any day. That's, that's fucking plain as that is. Um, number two for me, Jensen, you, you did mention, uh, Benny, that you didn't want anyone to steal your thunder. You with... motherfucker. No, um, no, mate, you motherfucker, because you've mentioned my number two already without knowing it, and it was a shape variety. It was the chicken crimpy. <laughs> hey. I love a chicken crimp. It's clearly the goat of shapes. Like clearly, there's no one. No, Ben's lost it. He can't. <laughs> but it's it's the it's the best shape by a mile. It's the it, worst it shape by a mile. Pizza. Oh Please. my god! Chicken crimpy. The pizza shape is a disgrace to potato chips and biscuits. <laughs> the rest of them are fine. What the as fuck? As long as it wasn't pizza. What have you two been smoking? <laughs> You've discarded the pizza shape and then you've put the chicken crimpy at the top. You're lunatics. Give me nacho cheese. Give me barbecue. Give me fucking savoury. Give me the cheddar before yeah, I even on, worry about on, a chicken crimpy. Savoury over a chicken crimpy? Every day. It's got a bit oh of sesame seeds in it. Nah. Beautiful. Oh, 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 oh. Nah. The you shapes. start to come around on your corn chips, Keno. You can, you. You can tessellate the shapes with each other. It's fucking hours of fun. <laughs> Come on, Thais. Give us something. All right. Well, are you sitting down, mate? Because yes. my number two is a corn chip. It is the mission corn chip variety. Mm. It is the chili lime. Yeah, Ooh, good. Lime flavored mission corn yeah, chip. Yeah. That is a good one. I respect the flavor. Nice. It's a good one. Doesn't. Uh, mm. None of these even come close to the number one here, and that is it's just head and shoulders above any other flavor out there. And I know I said I'm pretty basic, but 
Then I like to spice things up with my number one flavour here, and that's give me the Thins Light and Tangy any day oh. of the week, boys. <laughs> light and Tangy for the win. I don't know what Tangy is as a flavour, but it definitely gives a bit of Tang. And more importantly, I don't know what light part of it is, but whether it's light as in it looks lighter than other chips or whether it's less heavy than other chips, but it's fucking delicious either way. So Light and Tangy for the win. Well, a couple of weeks ago, Ben had a go at me for liking the double quarter pounder, saying I, he thought I was still 12 years old. The light and tangy is a real primary school setup, if ever I've heard it. He's clinging on to the past of the light and tangy. That's uh, What do you think, Thais? The light and tangy is a nice chip, but I'm not sure it's a number one Delicious. chip. Delicious. It's better than the, the plain because it is a bit light and a little bit tangy. But I think I haven't bought a packet of Finns since I was at primary school, Ben, because I grew up and then I dive into corn chips and thick cut chips and flavoured chips now. So, um, yeah. I'm... How's, uh, how's the analysis of uh, the light and tangy? Very good, Thais. Mm. Um, can I go to my number one? That's uh, it's good, Ben. I liked it. Sure. Um, and Thais, I said I ref- respected the flavour from your number two. But my number one, I hope I'm not stealing any thunder here. My number one, I'll go back to the well here. The Red Rock Deli Lime and Pepper is outstanding. An yeah. outstanding chip. And my number one. Is a nice Ben's chip. not happy. Ben's not happy. Yeah. <laughs> good you're not in the, the bowl yeah. at the grade six graduation party. It's a, it's yeah, well, it's, a mature it, chip. It's good yeah. to know that you blokes grew up and uh, along with your sense of humour, your taste buds died as well. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Black evolved. black yeah, pepper evolved. evolved to black pepper. I mean, give yourself a bit of excitement in your life, boys. Have a have a bit of tang in your life or something. The lime, the, the flavor lime. Of I'll lime squeeze a. Great. I'll have a lime with my Corona and I'll enjoy my light and tangy chips. <laughs> Live a little. All right, Thais, bring it home. Here we go. Bring home this. Oh yeah. Amazing segment. So stumbled across these chips in the last three four years and. Uh, yeah, unlike our counterpart, the primary school teacher, um, they're not light and tangy. They're very tangy and they're very peppery. It's the kettle chili flavored chip. Yeah. yeah. Delightful. Oh, so much crunch, so much chill. That's the heat. They're outstanding. Have a glass of milk when you're done, boys. Thank (laughs) you later. Well, the heat coming out of those kettle chilies are significant. Like, When I first had a kettle chili, speaking from experience, blew your fucking socks off, mate. I was used to the light and tangy with the year six palate, and then ripped into a kettle chili and didn't know what hit me. That was heavy and tangy. (laughs) (laughs) On uh, that's yeah, no, I respect. Look, respect your choices. I would eat all of these flavors. Sans chicken crimpy, Um, but (laughs) Thais, serious question, and this is for you too, Keeney. Do you drink just a straight glass of milk? Are you one of those people? Plain yeah. milk in a glass. Yeah. Now, Never who, why, why are we why are we focusing on my palate of a primary school age kid? I didn't think anyone above the age of like I thought once you hit double digits in age, you stop drinking straight glasses and, of milk. And Santa Claus. Well, <laughs> milk is big and strong, full of protein and all the other supplements, but I don't work for a dairy company anymore. So 
It's all about gambling now. But what I will say is I only have it after I eat chocolate. I eat chocolate, <laughs> mouth gets too rich, wash it down with some milk. Just like Ben, you probably wash your light and tangies down with some sayos and a glass of water, mate. <laughs> all the Tar Baron fans out there. <laughs> Loved it. Uh, you sound like Santa Claus. Yeah, you've got the Santa Claus um, diet. diet going on. I've actually got this. Yeah, I, I kind of do. I can only cut off up here, but you can see what was going on down here. <laughs> Shit. All right. Great work, fellas. That's, that's one Very of good. our more phenomenal top threes, I reckon. Every newsman in this city is laughing at us, and I don't like it. You know a top three uh, on the podcast hits well when... Um, Barely anyone discusses their top three in the chat after we we air the podcast. So if no one mentions a chip flavor, well, that's pretty clear feedback how we've gone on this one, fellas. But uh, let's let's get into the news here. And a big one, um, it's been a week since we uh, have dropped a pod here. But uh, Joe Burrow, Thais, we got you on the podcast here. He's done a wristy, no good. Uh, not the good variety of Aristi, unfortunately. He threw a touchdown and just grabbed at it straight away uh, out for the season. So didn't go in with any sort of injury tag. Uh, apparently the news was he was wearing a cast when he came into the stadium or uh, when he got off the team bus or something like that. And, uh, yeah, and then I don't know what the official injury we haven't got hot on. It would tell me it's a, a lateral medial meniscus wristal uh, ligament. Meniscus. Hot to tell you is operating on Joe Burrow, so uh, he'll take it with a grain of salt. Uh, so, Thais, talk us through uh, how you felt about this news. Oh, I felt amazing, Ben. But, uh, no, I was sitting around watching the game. It was a Friday game. I learned that Joe Burrow goes to bed at 8 o'clock, and uh, once the clock ticked past 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time in the States, I knew something bad was going to happen. And um, the next thing you know, he couldn't even complete a throwing motion without releasing the ball on the sideline. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I was messaging, I think, Papper at the time, and I was like, oh, no, Burrow's hurt. And he goes, ah, oh, it's fine, it's just a sprain. And then I woke up the next day and saw that he was out for the year. <laughs> I was like, how's that sprain gone? Um, but if there's anyone on my roster that I can ill afford to, to lose for the season, it's Burrow because he kills the receiver values, whereas if at least I lost one of the receivers, the other one would be fine. And, you know, if I lost Josh Allen, yeah, it's just Josh Allen I'm losing, whereas I feel like I'm losing out on potentially three of my best ten. So, yeah, it's pretty shit. Yeah, the flow-on effect is certainly one that hurts the built-in value to your team, and it probably goes to that argument. I think we've had many times on this about the stack, and the stack is good when it works in your favour, and it uh, it can go pear-shaped pretty quickly when... Uh, the quarterback especially cops an injury. Keeney, any thoughts on this? Oh, well, yeah, it's um, <clears throat> stock road. Not what you want. And, um, yeah, um, it's. I think you hit the nail on the head, mate. Like, it's just, it's not just Joe Burrow. Like, it's, you can replace him in terms of putting someone else in your super flex if you need to. It's just the, the bump from Higgins and, and Chase. I think Chase will be all right in terms of he's just, I don't know. I just think he's a little bit QB proof myself. Um, Higgins, I'd be a little bit more worried about, but he's one of those years. Thais, um, it was sort of a weird. We discussed it on Monday. It was a weird year for the Bengals this year with Yaddy's calf injury at the start of the year. Um, you know, he sort of missed. It was weird. The first month he was ordinary. Came back, looked amazing for two or three weeks, 
Um, and then we thought, oh, okay, here we go. He's going, going. Uh, Joe Burrow's getting going again. And then all of a sudden he does the wrist out for the year. Who knows? It's a bit of a shit situation. Yeah. I'd say he's QB proof, but it certainly, you'd have to say, limits his ability to pull out a 40 or a 50, which he, you know, he's capable of. Um, but the next one here, which was talk about short lived, uh, a Chan just came back from injury, then aggravated his knee again straight away, been out for a week, and now there's talk that he could be back this week. So mm. if you're Jim, do you have the confidence to start this bloke this week? Well, I think you have to. I think if he's if he's playing, I think you've got to. Um, particularly that offense. I can't recall who Miami are playing. If someone we can get eyes Washington. quickly. Washington, oh, you've got to start him. I, I, I honestly think both Mostert and Achan, regardless, are both startable. Like, if you had them both, I'd be starting both. So, of them. Jeff Wilson is back now active too. That is that is a good point. That is a good point. I just gonna, think... With, with what happened, are they going to potentially ease a Chan in more than they, what they, they did? Look, yeah, they could do, but um, he's also a different level of speed, I reckon. I just think they they got to get him on the field. and Yeah. I don't know. I'd, I'd be confident starting him. I think... Um... Depends what you're after, right? So I think with Jim to get into the playoffs, he's what ninety points behind Jake. Yeah, if he's going to catch up, he needs mm, needs some boom. like what that happened. I think like you can go ahead and play, you know, Aaron Jones or yeah, Dylan or who else has he got here? Like Chuba Hubbard. Um, but you'd, you'd rather know that you missed out because you played. I call him a chain. Still, I'm not adopting this. A Chan. He's not Chinese. Um, I don't think, yeah, he could score a 30 or 40, like score two or three touchdowns and of limited touches, 10 yards a carry. He's done that every game he's played in except for the one he got hurt. Um, but, you know, we'll see what Jim does because Jim is his own man and does his own things and he's still alive. So, uh, Just in general or in terms of like oh, playoffs? still alive. I spoke to him the other day. <laughs> He put a video up in the chat earlier. I'm pretty sure he put a video up yeah. in the group earlier. So next one, <laughs> pre-recorded. Next one, Keeney is. Uh, it's just come out today, actually. The JT Jonathan Taylor is with a thumb injury that's requiring surgery, two to three weeks. It's a medial meniscal thumb injury, I believe. Um, so probably it's two to three weeks, but uh, this does just add a bit of value to a certain player there in uh, old Zach Moss, who I guess you could probably say now he's he's a bit of a cowbell-type running back. And they go in with him as the uh, cowbell next year. I could have used a little more cowbell. The cowbell, is that what it is? Tell you, fellas, you're going to want that cowbell. It was worth spending all that time just for that little setup there. <laughs> But how do you feel about uh, the new cowbell, Moss? Unbelievable production value, once again, for the pod. And just a quick shout-out to the savoury soy crisps as well. Fuck, they're good. Um, but back to uh, JT. You know those soy savoury things that are just Moorish and can't stop eating them? They would come in at number four for me. I don't want to get distracted, what? but I couldn't stop Oh, those, like, about puff thing? No, no. No, I'll send you a link to them. Oh, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Put them in the group chat once the pod drops. All right. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Um, I will. But anyway, let's get back to JT. Yeah, a bit unlucky, uh, two to three weeks. I heard today it could be like four or five. So it's mm. got a real range of outcomes, this one. He did play the second half with it, 
So, um, yeah, I'm not too sure how long it's going to be. He did have surgery today. So, um, certainly helps Zach Moss, but who knows if he'll be back for playoffs or not. Kenny, you said you heard today it might have been four or five. Who told you that? Um, no, I heard from a uh, source on Twitter, Thais. So you talk like you, you know what's going on. Benny knows exactly what you're doing here. You're trying to talk it into existence so that when he does miss four or five weeks, and it's the old reverse jinx. We know what's going on. We're getting at a pointy end of the season and we're not falling for it. He'll be back in two to three weeks. I'd prefer he didn't didn't miss four to five weeks, that's for sure. And how are you so sure that you'll only miss two to three weeks? You're my competitor. You're trying to reverse Mozart. I heard he didn't even have surgery and he's playing this week. It's just a a psych out. I like it. I hope so. Mm. Or reverse Mosset. <laughs> oh, hey! <laughs> yeah, uh, what a cowbell. That's a real cowbell right there. Um, yeah, not not any more to talk about this other than I just wanted to play that sound grab. Um, nah, fair enough. And he was looking good. He's been looking good too, JT. The last he few has, and it started to it's started to swing away from the sort of even split, and they were well and truly using him. So just another setback. To be impartial, the other thing is Zach Moss played really well when he was out. So they they probably, yeah, like JT's probably better, but they're probably sitting there going, what? we don't need to rush him back in all seriousness. Like we've got – Moss has been playing well. We're, what are they, six and five? They're in the hunt. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're going to just urge, like rush him back in two weeks for I, no reason. I think how he goes the next two weeks will determine whether they rush him back or not, if he's on the feds. Face. Just quickly because we do have to move on, but um, – He's had no carries the last few weeks, and then he had eight carries the other day for 55 yards. So, like, he's just running the ball really well this year. Um, I wasn't close enough to the game whether he came in because JT hurt his thumb or it was back to a bit of a split after the bye. Don't know. But, um, yeah, he's going to play well, I think, as long as he's um, the starter. Hopefully. Uh, the next one is old Justin Jefferson. He's been officially activated. They go into the bye this week, but uh, he will officially compete in week 14 and I think Manny will get into sort of divisional and playoff implications later on in the pod we might even get divisional Papper if you're listening get excited um but yeah so that's a that's some good news there for for Manny probably would have liked to have him this week and next week but uh at least good news that he potentially gets him to set up a berth into the playoffs and then has him for the playoffs as long as he can make it in that uh, another one is old DTR or Dorian Thompson Robinson, he uh, got knocked the fuck out. That hit was huge. Did you see that? Huge. (laughs) Tried to keep the play alive by scrambling out and held it just that bit too long. It got absolutely lit up. So he's in concussion protocol. I think they've officially ruled him out for this week and then he's a maybe for the week after, but they haven't actually confirmed whether PJ Walker gets the start or Joe Flacco might get promoted off their uh, practice squad. Um, and then another one for the Browns is Cooper just caught that rib injury. So that coupled with who their quarterback is, is uh, an interesting sort of thing for Amari Cooper there to watch. And then the other one I've got here is just this, the New Orleans Saints wide receiver room, Keeney. Who the fuck have they got left there? Yeah, they don't have a lot. Um, Shahid's got a quad. I don't know about his availability. Michael Thomas, no. And Olave got concussed on the weekend. So... Mm. Might be down to Taysom Hill just yeah. to, uh, and a, a shitload of Kamara, I reckon. Yeah. Is it Bowden? Bo- 
Bowden is another one. He might cops. But yeah, I think Kamara over is an absolute <laughs> lock. Whatever yeah, they set it. that line at. Thais, what what sort of line would uh, would a betting company potentially set? I like Kamara over receptions over. rather than over receptions for sure. If, if it's Derek Carr starting, oh, bloody fifteen and a half catches for Kamara. Yeah. Fuck me. <laughs> um, check down Derek. But it's funny the Saints wide receiver room today. I was sitting there doing all my waivers and. Um, I read about the Saints missing all these receivers and on Twitter it said, oh, you know, go pick up this A.T. Perry. I was like, oh, um, I might have a look and see if he's available in Dynasty. And I've gone to click in and Maya has him in TMD already. Yeah, um, he picked him up last week. He's not a listener of the pod, but that just goes to show why Maya will be eating pancakes in four weeks' time. So. Yeah, just <laughs> pick a six-foot-six bloke up who's done nothing just when your squad is absolute poo. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. That's that's incredible. When <laughs> at what time of year did he, he get? He it? picked him up last week, I reckon. I'm sure Don't it was know. last week. I saw it come through, and I was just like, "What? What is going?" On? Yeah, I was like, "Unless Keeney stashed him." Um, for and I con- saw Mayo, and I was like, "Oh, that makes a lot of sense, actually." For context <laughs> of the uh, few blokes who aren't part of our redraft league, this is a bloke who, when the top teams are putting out sort of 150s, 160s, similar setup to our dynasty structure. He's putting out consistently like 60s in a redraft league and 70s. It's it's absolute trash. And uh, and he's just a mile off the next worst team. Um, so to be stashing someone like A.T. Perry is just absolutely mine. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he spent money on him too. <laughs> 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 oh. And this um, this and this guy's two and ten. This guy's two and ten, and won both of these games by less than five. Could be God. zero and twelve. It's hard to do. This is also an open invitation for our uh, our last place challenge that goes down, and that's um, that's at the pancake parlor. So the person who loses that bottom half league has to spend twenty four hours in the pancake parlor and uh, gets an hour off for every pancake they eat. So anyone out there listening, we'll we'll give you the date of that when Mayer inevitably is uh, doing that for his second time and going to struggle. And there's already rumblings that he's uh, going to spend the full 24 hours in the establishment just because he's not putting himself through it again. Mm. So, mm. You couldn't do that. Anyway, that's on a side. That could be a whole nother topic of discussion. Um, good excuse to get down to the pancake parlor for anyone who doesn't get in that position, though. Keeney, you've done it before. How was it? <laughs> it sucked dick. <laughs> I, I haven't done that before, but I can imagine. <laughs> no, it was uh, it was pretty bad. I uh, yeah, the thing with Maya saying I'll do twenty four hours. Well, I don't know. I just think, don't you want to like go? Well, this is how I did it last time. I want to a try and beat it and b have a different strategy to the way in which I want to do it. Like certainly, if I did it again, I'd want to do it a different way um, than how I did it last time. But not that you'd ever want to do it again, because I'm telling you, it doesn't sound that hard, but it it is real bad. Is that strategy, Katie, not to uh, suck down a VB before your last play oh. the pancakes? Fucking <laughs> hell! The pre-victory yeah, was... VB that just yeah, that added was... an extra two and a half hours. That's, that's, if you look up peer pressure in the dictionary, <laughs> me drinking VB <laughs> with four pancakes to go is right there. <laughs> That's all right. The beer will break all the pancakes down. Oh, it's science. Uh, a few teams on buy. We go back to buys this week, and I don't know what they were Shit, doing the with, with the uh, fixturing. 
Oh, Bills, Ravens, Vikings, Bears, Raiders, and Giants. There's a few notable fantasy names that will be out, Thais. Joshy Tassels being one of them. Um, Lamar. Lamar being another. That's true. Um, Josh Dobbs. Touchdown, yeah. Tommy. He needs a week off to recover after that absolutely atrocious display. Was it four picks in the end? Yeah. Yeah. Should have sold him. It. Uh, I mean, a performance like that is just about as catastrophic as uh, the the DFF bet Thais that mm. um, that he puts on, and probably the first one that he's put on is this year, and that was Pickett going head to head with Fields and. I think even uh, I, I just messaged him to say, what does he think about how that bet's going? And Not ideal, but not catastrophic either. So he's look, he's optimistic about how that yes, one can still play out. Um, I think it's pretty catastrophic, if you ask me. I don't think Pickett's getting over the line in that one. What do you think, boys? No, well, it's, I don't know. Did they have, did they have an injury... Um, no, I don't, I don't think they had an injury clause. I think it was just straight up clause points. Is the word I was looking for because mm. because even if they did, he's thirty points behind Pickett and he's played three extra games. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, well, he's first draft. The one thing DFF has in his pocket is uh, the removal of Matt Canada. If one week's anything to go by, you never mm. know. That's a good point. They went over four hundred yards for the first time this year and even into part of last year as well. So. That's true. It was Wasn't uptick. Yeah. Four years. Four there years. you go. Um, yeah. The yeah. other, the other stat that Keeney threw out was the old uh, DFF over wins bet that we had last year. Keeney, what did you want to share with that? Well, we did, and if if the if the listeners recall, it was a very excitable DFF saying he's going to win over seven and a half games. I think Thais, you decided to jump on the over. That's eight wins required for those playing at home. Well. He won four last year, which is a little short of the seven and a half, but he's only won three this year. So he's over the two-year period, still hasn't gotten over that seven and a half yet, still waiting. Do we think he'll get over seven and a half in two years combined? What? No, I'm going to go the reverse jinx on the behalf of my great friend, the DFF. There's no chance, mate. You might as well pack up if you haven't already. How how bad can a bet be that they haven't they haven't hit the over in two years? It's that bad. Can you give me the bottle of wine back? In um or in your line in your line of work, Thais, if someone said a line like that and this was the outcome, would they just get instantly fired? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's off by a large margin. Pretty catastrophic. Not ideal, oh. but not catastrophic either. Catastrophic. Catastrophic. Uh, we had we had a pretty big trade go down in this league yeah. as well since the last pod that we put out, and that was um, Jim getting Joe Flacco uh, today for a twenty twenty four fourth. I don't know if you saw this one, boys. This wasn't the trade I was alluding to, but it's such an insignificant trade. I'm sure that it probably slipped through the cracks there, and that is. I traded Flacco to Jim, got a 2024 fourth out of it, and $5 fab, which I put on Dorch, and I bid all $85 on him, and the next nearest was like $9. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> How good fab? Oh, it's the best. It's There's just nothing out there, so you don't really care too much if you overspend on anything. But, uh, yeah, that was one trade that went down today. But the – sorry, what, were you going to say something, Kenny? 
No, yeah, I was because I'm I'm quite confused by the incentive for Jim to get Joe Flacco given Goff and Prescott have both had a bye. In what world, Scoot, would you start the 38-year-old? Why, why do you need him? What if he gets a QB injury going into the playoffs? You yeah, make we, yeah, we get there for the injury, Ben, for the same price. What's Surely. that? That you make the same move that he just did with you today, but after the injury. Yeah. Or the argument could be that he gets named the starter and his value goes up. 38-year-old Joe Flacco. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. I just threw it out there and he, he took the trade and away we go. But uh, the other trade, the probably the bigger one involving a QB was uh, Papa and Camo. Oh, really? <laughs> Believe it or <laughs> not. Big, was it? And that's the uh, the number one pick himself, Bryce Young. Uh, he didn't even make a season with the Punishers and he gets shipped off to the Demons there and... Uh, Matt's 2024 third as a result. And then Papa gets DJ Moore, a receiver that he's been on record loving for his whole career, and a 2026 first. So he's just adding more first to his stockpile. What What are your thoughts on this? Because if it's a number one pick and it's a QB, uh, he's jumping off to get a, a good wide receiver, a very good wide receiver who's had probably one of his best years and another first on top, but it's down the road. Do you think that... Uh, is a, who's this better for? I think it's a, um, I think it's a polarizing trade. This one, I can, I can. Depends which way you look at it for mine. Like if if you think Bryce Young's in a shit situation, surrounded by little talent, and that situation can change, I can see this being a cheap way to acquire, you know, number one overall pick QB, number one hundred one in the or one hundred two in. Where did it go in the end? 102, 103 in the rookie draft? Three. Um, three? Yeah. So Bijan, Richardson, and then Young. Yep. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I think it's a, if you look at it in that sense, it's a cheap way to get someone like that, given that you'd think, or Camo would be banking that his 2026 first is going to be down the line um, and later in the first round. But right now, right now, it's, it's, it's risky because of what Bryce Young's doing. And he hasn't looked good, and you're banking on him turning it around. That's that's the the crux of this trade. Yeah, uh, more actually since I think both teams like it's a trade that I didn't go ooh to to either side. Um, and looking at Camo's team, I thought, yep, yeah, well, what better chance to get it? You know, an elite or potential blue chip prospects for the price that he paid up to get him. Um, you know, like that 2026 first and, and DJ Moore, like neither are, you know, elite assets. But, um, yeah, the risk is that, yeah, he does, doesn't does go on to do anything. And But I think he would be in the camp of, you know, let's get rid of the coach, let's give him some weapons next year and off-season. Um, you know, like he doesn't have a third quarterback. And then for Papa... Yeah, probably credit to him that you don't see many people moving off of depreciating assets very quickly. Um, there's case studies in this league of people sitting on people for way too long and they don't equate to anything and then you're stuck with them. So um, Name names. Who, who would do such uh, a thing? <laughs> the DFF. Who, who would draft like two QBs exactly the same as Papa and just hold them forever? Yeah, but, but that's, I love him. I think that's a perfect point, though, because I looked at this trade and my first thought on it was 
this is what you could have done with Zach Wilson. Like, and the reality is if you had mm. have jumped off Zach Wilson his first year, if you had have looked at him play and gone, you know what, yeah, situation's not great. However, I'm not completely sold on the bloke. He's not kind of progressing or looking like he's got the qualities of what I want to feel safe enough. Do you just hit the eject button, kick a first down the road wherever that first may fall and get a decent play in return because you hold on, on to him for too long and you see how quickly the value can plummet? Yeah. Sorry, mate. You go. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think the big difference between doing that, which I think is, I think you've got to, I think there's two things. You've got to, ex- you've got to at least be willing to explore it. I don't think it necessarily means you've got to do it because I think it's easier in hindsight to say you should do it. Um, but I think you've got to be looking to explore it. I think the big difference between that and Papa is that he's got CJ Stroud sitting there and with that in the bank, he can be like, righto, I've nailed one of them. Pretty confident of that. I can let the other one go for fair value and then build around Stroud. I've still got Justin Fields. We'll see where that goes. That's still teetering for mine. Um, but at least he has confidence that he's got one pillar and all these picks in place to address the second part of that problem and him not wanting to take the risk that Bryce Young isn't the solution. So move off him now. Yeah. I don't think um, anyone in the world really is um, you know, batting more than, you know, what, say 60% on quarterback prospects, right? So picking two and three, like you plan on hitting on one. And if you hit on one, it's worth more than picks two and three alone. So he's just kind of factored that in, getting rid of Young when he could. I thought it was probably interesting for Camo because, like, he's in the window to win right now. Like, he's on track to have a week off and and then he's mm. win two finals. And getting rid of DJ Moore, I'm guessing he just doesn't value him as much. And it's even more interesting because Packers on record as not valuing him at all. Um, so that's why I found the trade interesting. I was like, well, Camo is probably better off trying to win this year and hanging on to DJ Moore and Papa why he'd want to back half first and a play he's on record is not liking. <laughs> I'm it liking. Yeah, it was strange. It's, it's, that, it's a very interesting and significant point you make because he's not super deep at wide receiver, Camo. Um, he's been a bit unlucky with Olave this week getting injured, but outside of oh, – he's got CeeDee Lamb and Devonta Smith. Um, but outside of those two with Olave, like it's hard to start Judy, hard to start anyone else, Bateman – at the moment in his roster, um, TJ Moore is certainly startable. So in, in terms of, you're right, a, a team that's going to get a <coughs> favourite to get a, a playoff buy and, and be in the top four, the last four, I would have thought TJ Moore is a, um, a piece for this year, but he's obviously looking at the value of QB in isolation yeah. and maybe this time next year, Bryce Young will be worth double what he paid. Yeah, in all percentages, it's probably the right call, like... I don't think DJ Moore is the difference between winning and not winning. Like whether he makes the trade or not, like, you know, he's come out probably what, like a 20% chance of winning the title. And I think all of us are like kind of in that same boat. It's just luck. So he's done it. Um, yes. When you talk it through from that angle. Mm. It's, I mean, I haven't, I haven't gone back and looked at this, but I feel like from memory Camo's, um, perceived value by what he does in his trades on that third QB spot seems to change because it seemed like he traded a lot to get a third QB in. He sort of down, like traded away his two starting QBs to get, sorry, uh, 
three back in return. And then during this season, shipped one of them away and then was left with no depth. And now here he goes again, acquiring a third one. So it's almost like he can't quite figure out whether he should hold three or not, or he just gets the, the trigger finger, which is probably more likely the case and goes, you know what? I know I can get something for Bryce Young because there's a whole bunch of teams building. He's a young QB. Maybe I'll flick him on as I go into the playoffs and, and build up my team a little bit more. I don't know. Yeah, and that led into my last point that it's it's good for the league that Camo's back trading, especially in the back half of the season. It's um, yeah, when he's a bit quiet on the finger, it doesn't feel like the EDL if he's not trading. And um, yeah, he's been busy in the last few weeks. So um, shout out to Camo. Absolutely. Uh, let's enough with this. Let's get on to some reviews, shall we? Move forward amicably. First of all, you're throwing too many big words at me. Okay, now, because I don't understand them, I'm going to take them as disrespect. Watch your mouth. And our first game, in fact, this round that's just gone was our, uh, this is our back half of our divisional game. So the way that Keeney structured the uh, the schedule here, it's fantastic. You play your, your division the first three games, then you play the rest of the field. And then you play your division in the last three. So we're seeing some uh, we're seeing some sweeps happening here of teams that are uh, defeating them at the start of the year and then finishing the job come last <coughs> round. So this first one, however, went the way of uh, OJ's legal team one eleven losing to the Johnny United's haircuts, and they get their revenge because I believe Jake got the victory earlier in the season. There, the haircuts just pulling out a one twenty seven. I think we've spoken about sort of the roller coaster of scoring for Manny's team here and um, hasn't pulled out anything near to what we expect for the way his team was scoring, but enough to get the job done, Keeney. Yeah, it was an interesting start to this game with Kenneth Walker clearly not playing, being started in the flex in a early Thanksgiving game. I thought that was an interesting move. Um, he must be a busy man, our man. Steve, but uh, at one point I tuned in on Monday morning and saw that a sensible haircut was projected for about an 85. So he's, he's pulled out a 127. I have a look. Kyron Williams, Thais, something that uh, you can speak to here given you sold him yeah. to uh, a sensible haircut. But he is, I think, points per game through the roof, top five. I mean, he's top 10 and he's missed four weeks. Yeah. Um, so I'm- he's going nuts. 35 burger, if you don't mind. That was the difference. Yeah. It's, um, I was exactly the same as you. We were watching kind of the points race between him and Jake, I think it was potentially, in the playoffs. And then all of a sudden he's ripped out that Kyron Williams score. And, you know, he's a guy that I think a lot of people in the offseason were, you know, he'll maybe be the starter, but, like, he's not an asset per se. So found something with Manny, you know, he was – up for a starter, I was up for a pick. I already had enough running backs and I was way wrong on him. Um, I thought, you know, maybe like Zach Evans would take over at some point, but mate, this guy's just come back and he's just dominating when he plays. So I had to put my hand up and say I was well wrong on that, it looks like. So mm. he's got Washington, I think, in the first week of the playoffs. I've already had a look. So mm-hmm. on a collision course. So it'll be fun. Yeah, they, they certainly. Uh... Weren't too worried about him re-aggravating that injury. He's just gone 61% of snaps, 16 carries, 143 yards, six yeah. catches, 61 yards, uh, and two receiving touchdowns. Just a ridiculous game. Uh, and, yeah, they just used him nonstop. 
So, Ben, as a Giants fan, talk talk to me about Tommy DeVito. Is he is he a startable fantasy asset after the last couple of weeks? Because Jake's going to have a decision to make, presuming he makes playoffs, with Derek Carr and Tommy DeVito. He's loaned to QBs. Doesn't look like Heineke's going to get much work now. Trubisky, no. And then he really doesn't have anything else behind. So he's going to have to have a decision. Do I start DeVito or a skill position player in that super flex? What do you reckon? Um, well, we've got Green Bay in the final uh, round of regular season games, which will be somewhat important for Jake. Not a great matchup in the first week of playoffs against New Orleans. Um, I don't see him as a startable asset. I, I think he's got he's got a bit about him for a bloke who's sort of come out of nowhere and no one really knew much about him. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't really see us having enough weapons on that offense for him to sustain a decent enough score. I think a 10 is about what you'd expect for him. I think a 15 is a great score for him. I think I'm not going to tell Jake how to play because I might be playing him at some point, but the balance of probability, you've got to play him. You just have to play him every week. I mean, who's sitting on his bench that he's willing to roll the dice on? I mean, he's just thrown for 200 yards on a Bill Belichick defense, maybe missing a few. 250 and three touchdowns the week before. I mean, you just have to play him. Yeah, I mean, Jacoby Myers is probably his next reliable starter. Um, have you ever seen a QB that's starting projected for a 5.8? That's what he was projected for this week by Sleeper. That was the... Yeah, that is... So double that. No issues. Yeah, well, well, if he's projected for 12 this week, that's a 24 is a great score if that's how he's going to trend. <laughs> Um, <laughs> You're right, though. So it's probably a process over results setup. I, like if he if he plays and he scores three, well, it is what it is. Can he score seventeen for you? Unless he's playing Cleveland or something, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Look, I Joku's probably another good starter that Jake's it's got on his bench though. there, but yeah, it's a bit of a um, what is it? Absolute like, toin cost. Whether a tight end's like, going to have a good game <clears> or not. Week two of playoffs at Philly. I'd be nervous as shit. Oh, yeah. Could be resting starters by then, Philly. You never know. But um, just quickly on, I heard you say Njoku, Ben. Yeah. And the fantasy gods started talking and I was looking up upstairs. And since Deshaun Watson's gone out, DTR, DRT or whatever his bloody name is, has been targeting Njoku like Travis Kelsey the last few weeks in the run to the playoffs. So he would be hoping, I think, that um, he comes back in time for that the other, week 15. The other amazing stat is that the bottom, I think, five or six teams against tight ends, Cleveland play every single one of them in the lead up to... Of course they do. So they had Denver who were... I think dead last or second last. And then they've got the Rams, Jacksonville, Chicago, Houston. They're all horrible against tight ends. So he's kind of like if he's one that's going under the radar, his last month has been, uh, or five weeks has been 17, 12, 11, 12, 11. Like they're good tight end scores. And you could argue that that's a pretty safe floor. Is it a safer floor than what Danny DeVito is going to give you at QB? I don't know. Well, this week he doesn't have to worry about it because the Giants are on by, but um, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one for, for Jake to have to decide since Cousins uh, has got his injury and Heineke's been benched and who knows. By the time playoffs hits, Heineke's probably the starter again in Atlanta. It's every chance. There's, I was going to say, there's no doubt that by the time playoffs roll around, Geno Smith's hurt for Manny. 
And then uh, in comes Drew Locke for Jake just in time. So um, <laughs> I've already written that one into existence for you. These blokes, these blokes love to uh, hold on to a QB as well. Jake's just quietly a- acquiring quite a few QBs. I know we talk about the DFF and Manny holding them. Um, yeah, well, what's what does Manny need? Obviously, he needs some points. Is he a chance to miss playoffs? Or actually, let's let's get into divisional when we talk about that. But uh, I don't want to blur the segments here. Kyron Williams is the absolute talking point. We'll move on to our next game. Uh, and this one was the the Grouse, 149.68. Just taking on your bunny of a team, Keeney, the straight cash homies. They scored a 74. This is a team that normally pulls out a Conklin-like performance that just upsets you or goes against the grain. But I've got good news for you, my friend. Old Bobby Broom and his song, Clean Sweep. That's just uh, for anyone who forgot when I searched Clean Sweep. I discovered an artist by the name of Bobby Broom. You couldn't have a better song called Clean Sweep. And it's pretty much just this for five and a half minutes. Uh, but Keeney, just getting a nice little clean sweep there on the straight cash homies. And you just got over the line by doubling his score. Were you a bit nervous? No, uh, no, nah, nah, I wasn't too nervous. No conk this week. Yeah, to, well, uh, that'll do it. Against. I would like to play the right QB2 at some point this year. But uh, anyway, less said about that, the better. Interesting non-start of Jordan Love, Thais, who's playing a lot, lot better for the pack. Yes, he is. And um, as I was just going through the results of this game, we give a few people in this league a lot of stick. But I'm going through Tim's bench right now. And outside of Jordan Love, that is disgusting. (laughs) Go through and have a look at it. I'll tell you, I'm reading this hot off the app. Outside of Jordan Love, Calvin Austin scored one. Tucker Craft scored a 9.5, and that was because Luke Musgrave left early with an injury. Absolute dumpster fire down at uh, the straight cash homies. And um, if you're going to tank, do it properly. But by the same token, I never thought I'd see a McMahon carrying so little points scoring on the bench in year four of Dynasty. So mixed feelings down at the prestige. Well, he is. you say if you're going to tank, do it right. Well, he is currently the 101 in the lottery. So... You could argue cancel it in now based on that bench. It's done. He's doing it right, but he's only fifty points clear of the DFF. Who's trying? So and we might <laughs> we, we might get to his bench in a moment too because it's a few similarities if you look pick through them enough. Uh, yeah, not a lot to talk about here other than probably QB performances. Keeney Dobbsy's come in. He's been a bit of an unsung hero for you, but really struggled against that Chicago D. In fact, it was. Such an ordinary game. I watched very little of it. It uh, was highly defensive, so not exciting from a fantasy point of view. Stafford scored nicely on your bench. Uh, Herbert is an interesting one. What What is going on? Now, you've put a lot of eggs into the old uh, Chargers basket. Does that make you a bit nervy watching that offense just sort of stutter? Uh, yeah, at times, at times. I'm not – it's still been pretty good this year. Um yeah, it's interesting. He's he's had sort of three ordinary ones. The rest have been pretty good. Um, Kenan Allen's gone nuts. Austin Eckler's an interesting one. He's probably not going to be worth as much in a couple of years, I don't reckon. Um, and then who's the other one? I've got to start at the moment. I've got to start um, Everett at the moment just because I don't have another tight end. So he did it's right. a bit like you with uh, – it's probably a lesser version of 
the Niners with you. Like I don't, it is a bit nerve wracking because there's just there's a lot of high highs and low lows. So um, who knows? But I, I'm pretty comfortable with like Eckler, Allen, and Herbert. He only throws it to those two at the minute. So mm. I'm getting a fair chunk of the Chargers' offense, and I think it's a on their day it can be really good depending on the matchup. So. Not too bad. It's probably something that you wouldn't mind having in playoffs because if they can go off and win your yeah, game. Yeah, the upside is there. Yeah. Um, just a quick one. I know he gets a lot of talk on this podcast and that's old McCorkle. What, uh, what do you want to – what's your ideal scenario to happen for him? Other than him just scoring better, uh, does he need a new offensive coordinator? Does he need to go to a new team? Does he need to – what does he need to – or do you just need to trade him away from your roster? <laughs> No, nah, I don't. I don't know if I'll be trading him for much if I do that. I think it'd be unrealistic to suggest he'll be at the Patriots next year. I think he, I think they need a fresh start and he needs a fresh start. And I think realistically, he's going to be a backup somewhere next year. And he's a first-round pedigree QB, so who knows how far that takes him in the future? But I don't think he'll be worth much next year. I think, yeah, on Mac Jones. If I'm Mac Jones and his agent, you know, you'd be saying, "Trade me somewhere. Trade me somewhere good as a backup." And you'd go because two years ago he was fine. Like in mm. his first year, like you know he was slinging it with Tom Brady with lesser weapons in that first year. Something's happened to that team and with him and with his psyches. So I mean, he, he's you can't sell him, you can't drop him. You just no. got to hang on to him and just hope that like these QBs walk into starting gigs all the time. Like every week there's a new one. Um, Joe Flacco for a future fourth could be the next one. You know, so yeah, that's no, a bit sad, but that's. That's not, I think everyone's got a story like that. So, they sure do. Now, quickly, Keeney, who's going to be your JT replacement here? A bit of Hollywood Brown, Drake uh, London, something like that? Yeah, maybe maybe Jerome Ford might get a look at. Oh, uh, yeah, yep. Um, they got a good matchup, do they? The Brownies? They got the Rams, which isn't not super, great, but yeah. he's just, uh, he's, he's the clear cut sort of number one at Cleveland at the minute. Um, so yeah, look, I do need to keep winning, but, um, at the minute he's probably the one I reckon. Very, very nice. And for Tim, he just needs to keep going. But, but from a bloke who's openly tanking and trying to, uh, rebuild his team, he's, as you mentioned, in a good spot from a QB point of view, he's actually got decisions to make if he was trying to pick the right QB to start and Kyler, uh, Brock Purdy's a bit up and down, but. He seems pretty steady to have. And then Jordan Love, I saw a stat, Thais. He's had almost identical stats in terms of yards, wins, um, and there was another one. I think it was touchdowns and interception ratio as Aaron Rodgers start in Green Bay. So for people thinking that he's sort of had a bit of a lull and all this, I think people forget mm. that Aaron had to sort of ease into it. And he's almost eerily gone through the exact same transition into the NFL. Well, yeah. Sorry, mate. I was just going to say that he's got, as you said, he's got three of them. Um, with Love coming on the last few weeks and um, a little bit more confidence there, you'd think if he's got the 101 in the lottery and he gets a top two pick, he's going to have enormous flexibility to rebuild a bit quicker, having you presume he might take a QB there as well. Mm-hmm. So um, that flexibility to be able to flip one of them to either a contender or a rebuilding team for picks. Like if he flips a Murray, flips a Love, whoever, um, he can he can start building those assets up pretty quick. Yeah, big test for J Love this week against the Chiefs Sunday night at Lambeau. But um, yep, 
outside of week one against the dumpster fire bears, Jake. Yeah, the last three weeks have been his three best games. Um, should have been Pittsburgh. That was a weird game, but like he's really good the last two. So he's training up. Um, so yeah, Tim's been very patient in year four. Drafted him on draft night. So it's, mm. yeah. So there's, there's that's the other side to the. There's there's a lot of uh, different ways you can look at this, isn't it? Like the DFF's probably sitting there going, "See, that's what happens when you don't you let them grow, bro, <laughs> let them develop." But there's uh, a lot of different stories, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, the, the flip side to that story is every single QB that the DFF owns. Um, the next game that we've got here was the Prestige Worldwide. Scoring at a nice top scoring here, Thais, 160.1, defeating the uh, Pappas Punishers 123. And guess what? Clean sweep, baby. <sighs> Just getting another clean sweep over the Punishers. Just sweep that dust out of the room there, Thais. Um, it's a pretty respectable score from the Punishers, a team that, as we have said a few times, openly have, has been trying to tank. But he's been ripping out 120s the last sort of month, and I think CJ Stroud is a huge part of it. He sure is, but I think my very quick take on this one is Pap is my bunny, Pap is my bitch. I've swept him. I bloody knocked him off in TMD. He's on the ropes there now. So uh, if he's listening, on you, Thais. But um, I'd say, yeah, he's Houston Stack has scored 50-something. Um, he's gone off and acquired DJ Moore. Like Laporta scored 18. He's trending up. Um, and then for me, Tassels. Well, Tassels was back in a big way. Loves playing as an underdog, especially in fantasy. Um, and some signs of life from... B. John Robinson, which was good to see. Signs of life. Yeah. Jesus. Jesus. That's what he's that's what he should be doing every week, mate. You know, I told 20, you this 20, 20 touches, hundred yards, couple of tuds. I told you this at dinner the other night. As good as his numbers were, he had twenty two out of the forty running back touches for the Falcons the other day. So fifty five percent, which still I still scratch my head, but I'm not the coach, am I? But you know the other thing with Bijan, and it's a little uh, trope in the biz, but we see this a lot after the bye week. The rookies start to get a bit more of workload and trust. Mm-hmm. So Atlanta coming off their bye, um, even though you did say Thais, he didn't get as much workload. You can see that they're going to start to use him a bit more in in both facets of the of the ball on uh, in passing and and rushing. So I think it's only. Onwards and upwards for Bijan for you, Thayer. So it's very nice and a nice week to rip out a 160 with the double cash. Yes. This week as well. So congratulations, Ben's not happy. I'm not happy. Not happy. I was watching. You might get me. I was watching Lamar just going. He needs eight more points and a half to pip Thais here, and he just got absolutely stifled. And then Keeney was going. Dobbsy just needs seventeen points. He threw threw four, (laughs) and he was on negative two by half time, so he needed a (laughs) nineteen. He must have had a concussion in the first quarter. Dobbsy got his head knocked out. His fault, I reckon. No, they weren't, and they nearly won, which is madness. But anyway, it was. Disgusting. Um, yeah, obviously a nice little QB battle there. Fieldsy, that's the the point of worry. Um, we'll go back to the Bryce Young trade. Who, if you had those two QBs, who's the one you would have shipped off, Bryce Young or Justin Fields? Uh, As in this last week? 
Say? Just if you had them in Dynasty, if you had those two QBs on your roster and you were thinking of shipping one out. 100% fields. 100%. Yeah, probably, but you, you, need, a, you need a buyer. And you need mm. to buy for the right price. So could you have got the same price, could you yeah. have got the same deal? No. DJ uh, Moore in a first. No. He's just come. Oh, this is before he's ten. He would have come off at twenty-one. Are you saying Papa would have wanted more, or Camo wouldn't have paid that? Camo wouldn't have paid that. Mm. Mm. Interesting. I don't know. Like don't Young's know. definitely worth more than Fields. Fields is potentially six games away from being a backup. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're both. The value wouldn't have been the same. Yeah, he's got less of a leash. Is probably the yeah. I don't know. He's he's an upside swing fields. Um, There's Trey Lance. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, And the other, just before we move on to the next game, I know he's he texted me a few days ago saying, "Don't talk about the punishers. Keep it on the down low." But bunnies, all the bunnies now. But but. Just check out how well I'm scoring. Top six again this week. People not talking about me, but I'm right there, and I got 12 first round picks. Look out, league. That's what he reckons. It's hard to argue. It's true. No, and uh, that's what I was saying. He's he's doing a bad job of tanking in terms of how he scores going. Um, but he absolutely has a plethora of picks up his sleeve over the next several drafts, but uh, he has to hit on his picks. That's the most important part, or he has to capitalize on trading them. Uh, I think Sam Laporta is a good example of how you hit on a pick. Uh, drafted him at the 204. And my goodness, this guy's the tight end number four overall at the moment in this season, and he's a rookie. That just doesn't happen. This is what people expected out of Kyle Pitts in his rookie season, and it uh, yeah, it's coming from a guy that uh, went in the second round of our start, our uh, rookie draft. He looks good. He does. He's got a bit of Hawkinson about him, doesn't he? Mm. Um, nice replacement. Very nice replacement. Uh, all right, we'll move on then to the Bayside Executioners, 109.62, taken on the Park City Lions, 155.4. Oh, yeah, sweep it, baby. Uh, sweep it down. Get the factory. <laughs> Thanks, Bob, Bobby Broom's getting a workout. He's... Seps are going to be sore from all that sweeping that he's doing. Um, yeah, this was not much of a matchup in the end. Um, there was a point where early on he had some nice scores early in those Thanksgiving games. Monty had a nice game again. James Cook's starting to look. He's starting to cook, if you will. He's the running back 13 on the season. James Cook, it's, uh, it's a very nice Ooh. return. And then Trey McBride's another nice little player that's... Um, that's coming along nicely for Scoot there. He, he's got some pieces, Scooter. Um, he'd be like Garrett Wilson's obviously a, a great piece that it's a bit of a wasted year for him. Uh, all things considered, it'd be frustrating as shit. But with you just think if Rogers was there, he Oof. could have had an almighty year. But Bright, I agree, looks really good. Jamison Williams is still really an interesting one for mine. Like, still don't really know how good he's going to be and if he's going to get there. But, um, Sammy Howe's the other one. Like, does Sam Howe, has he, he's QB4 overall, just in fantasy. He's certainly not that in real life, but has he played his way into a starting role next year? Well, he's number one in yards, I think, still, um, yeah. out of all QBs this season. So slings it. It depends where they're going to – I mean, the only way they're going to get a QB is through the draft. They're not going to be in a position where they can draft a QB. So 
I think he, he probably gets another go with the Commanders. I think he's done enough this year. Yeah, he's not the problem. His defense just gave up 45 points. Um, yeah. Don't give him another year. Rivera will be out. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Their, um, their line, O-line's pretty ordinary too. He's cop- yeah. he's had like a, a historical amount of sacks this year. Yeah. How's um, eight of his last nine weeks, he's had 41 or more passing attempts, mm. <laughs> including two games with 50. Like, Hunters just, Club, is anyone listening? That's, that's that's your fantasy. That's what you want. Your fantasy darling is just someone that's not that good but just throws it a shit ton. Yeah, it's but, like Minshew at Jacksonville. Well, yeah, James, like, James Winston was doing that sort of Winston, shit. And, and he's, yeah. I mean, he's on Scoot's roster, so that's probably appropriate comparison right there. Mm. Um, yeah, on the other side there, Mahomes came back, had a decent game, um, shook off the cobwebs. Pacheco's having a pretty nice season. Uh, and Thielen's just, that was a frustrating one. Uh, he hasn't had anything less than sort of 10 targets, it feels like, every week, and he gets three this week. But uh, just not enough to pip you, Thais, for the number one scoring team this week. But uh, happy with how my team has bounced back after a few lower weeks a month ago. And I was a few weeks ago, I wasn't on, but it's just you and Hod. And uh, you started Trev <laughs> a few weeks ago and he scored two. Yeah. And you talked about that, but you also, I, I was staggered. You didn't mention like he's been, he was been underwhelming for the entire season up until that point. I'm just saying, like, for his pedigree and where you took him and all that, like, you would have been really a bit underwhelmed by how he's gone. The last two weeks, though, yeah. QB1, QB6, 32 and 24, much more like what you thought he was going to produce consistently. So that's a positive sign for, for Trev because before that point, I don't reckon you could think he could he could start him. It's no. What Thank- are going to get from him? Thankfully, I'm not in a position where I have to lean on him. And if I was having to lean on him, I'd feel those frustrations far more. And I did that week. Um, and guess who I have to lean on this week with uh, Lamar on by. So well, he's probably pulling out another segue. four or something. Um, who are they playing? They are playing Cincy. Cincy. Yeah, not a bad matchup. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, uh, any more to say on this, or shall we move on? Face. Ever play Debo this week? Yeah, I think he has to come. It's the first time I've benched him. I think since I got him outside of injury, and he pulls out one of his best scores for the season. So uh, I'll figure out figure out that carousel. I think Thielen has to go to the bench after that performance. Thais. Mm, uh, Scoot two cents from me. Um, Scoot may have found one with Jalen Hyatt on his taxi squad. Went for over 100 yards last week, so mm-hmm. it's something to watch. Good one. Then for you, Benjamin, last year you got bundled out of the playoffs by being a little too cute with your starting lineup. And uh, looking mm-hmm. at your bench, you've got you know up to 10 guys that are capable of double digits. So, um, We'll be putting the pressure on in a few oh, weeks, mate. So hopefully you don't get it wrong this time. So if there's ever um, a certainty, and I think I'm, a, I'm locked in playoffs. I haven't locked in what seed I am yet, but I will be up all night tinkering the shit out of my lineup before whatever playoff game I have to decide that for because it's it's frustrating. And you try and play the numbers game of how many players on the same team and. Yeah, it's it's just impossible and it's just pure luck and sometimes less options is better because it's almost like the old um, the ice cream 
paradox where you go into a Baskin Robbins with the 31 flavors and you leave underwhelmed because you have regret of, oh, I should have got that flavor. I should have got that flavor. You go into an ice cream shop that just has chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, you leave far more satisfied, less choices to make less chance of feeling like you missed something. So yeah. there's something behind just having less options and just it's, being like fucking whatever happens, happens. I couldn't control it. You're 100% right and you've just given yourself your top three for next week with the ice cream flavour, so good job. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like walking down a chip aisle and there's only bloody plain thins. And, and corn know, chips. And corn chips and, and you're pumped about it. And I'm satisfied every time. <laughs> <laughs> no chicken crib. Oh, yeah. no chicken crimp. Well, the next game. Surely, oh, yep. I was going to say, surely Zach Moss gets a go this week, Ben. Surely. What are you doing? Yeah, he's in consideration, but they haven't got a great oh. matchup against the Titans, so this is where too you start options. looking at, yeah, it's just too many. It's it's a it's a burden, you know, some would say. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll move on. The Humdingers, 121.54, just defeating the DFF, 86.62. And guess what, boys? Guess what Bobby has to say about that? Another sweepy. Another sweepy. I told you he's going to get tired, but do you know what else it also means? We didn't get into this. Hey, he's not here, but we get to celebrate. And celebrate, Thais. You had a win too, so every podcast member just getting behind. What a song that is. 121, defeated the DFF 86, um, which is... Kind of, I think if you can put up a score of 100, you're, you're a pretty good chance to beat the DFF. Um, we, we did talk about the, the bench Thais of the straight cash homies. What about the bench of the DFF? Is there any sort of names that stand out to you? Uh, just the usual suspects, you know, Robert Woods scored a five, Hunter Renfro, 5.8. They're good uh, scores. No one outside bench. of those two cracked one. Uh, or two. Yeah, Darnell Mooney a 1.6. Where? Oh, and LaVisca. <laughs> LaVisca. Oh, the DFF. LaVisca shit up. What a guy. Well, the, 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 the only way to sum up the DFF's performance, if I can pad for just a little bit longer, Ben. Try. Is I'm going through his starting lineup. Give me a signal when you're ready. I'm going through. He's starting. I already know what you're going to say. <laughs> and I'm trying to find where the touchdowns are at. And I can't find one, boys. <laughs> you, I can't find one. You're going to have to pad indefinitely because I haven't got that uh, on my computer anymore for some reason. 0. 0.0 touchdowns <laughs> on the week. QBs included. That's That's incredible. QB, you can't really pluralise. He only started one. Dontavious Wicks, how did he go? <laughs> I was going to say, and a ripper. I thought you were going to bring up your pet peeve oh. starting players in the Superflex, not in the late games. He started a bloke that didn't play in the first scheduled game of the week. Well, I did have he a word to him. Best. We were out at dinner on Monday. We had our usual corner bar get up and I said, what? What in the world were you thinking putting Wicks in? And he goes, <laughs> he goes, there was no sign this guy was going to miss when I went to bed. And I said, he didn't have a questionable tag. He goes, well, he was questionable, but I didn't think he was going to miss. 
<laughs> he said, if you had a questionable tag, why would you put him in the super flex spot, which you could literally start anyone? He goes, that's a good point. I didn't think of that. So <laughs> this is the insight the way, that we're getting from the DFF. By the way, he was in concussion protocol <laughs> yeah. on a short week. I don't think he was ever going to play. What is he talking that's about? That's right. Well, he, he, that's exactly right. He must get... like he lost by 70. He lost by like 35, didn't have a touchdown and played someone that didn't start. He must get his uh, he must get his NFL news from the same place he gets his like draft rankings from because he's just on a different planet to some of the other people who play in this league. But good on him. He's we need a bit of uh, we need someone of his caliber in a league. Every league needs it. But what uh, Steph would have been laughing at is just the poor performance. From yeah, he came up to me and tried to give me the old good tag, whatever you pronounce his last name. <laughs> from the Tua tag, whatever you say his last name. Um, Just dropped off a bit, the old Miami offense, from what they started the season at. Yeah, they have. I just can't let this go. Sorry. Can I just go one step further? I've looked at the rest of his squad. He's got two IR, five taxi, and full bench. Zero touchdowns from the 27 players on his roster this week. (laughs) That surely can't be true. That is zero from the thirty-two. How many? Yeah, 32. twenty-five plus. Th- yeah, thirty-two. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, DFF. You know what? He's he's surely putting an anytime touchdown multi for all of his players this week, just because <laughs> it's it's due. That is that's incredible. I actually don't didn't think that could ever be possible. No. Nah. Yeah. Wow. You need. Mike Brady back from the pod. Oh yeah, he needs some oh, sort sorry. of needs some sort of motivation because it's it's looking grim. Um, he can claim he's building, but I just feel bad for whoever he drafts in because they're uh, they're not walking into the most elitely run organization. There, the old Kincaid pulls out an eight, commit eleven. That's about his only highlights. There, Waddle fifteen. Um, what about uh, what about the Fry Muth on? Return oh. from IR, if you don't mind, for hot. Just a lazy 120 off nine catches. That was just ridiculous. Calvin Ridley as well. I mean, he's he's got a few players in there, and obviously he'd be pretty frustrated with how injuries have gone this mm. year for him, especially at the QB position. Um, but Is that a shocking year with injury? If he had I mean, a – I mean, we spoke about it. If he had a held on to Dak, and probably the Dak trade, uh, it came before the Richardson injury. But, you know, it would make his scores look a bit different um, than what he's putting out. But, yeah, I, I suppose for, for Hardy probably takes solace in the fact that a lot of these players who are scoring well probably can maintain it for next year. Um, and then hopefully those injuries come back and he's got that sort of depth there and he's still got his draft picks, which he can attack the, the rookie draft this year how he wants. Yeah, and he's found Puka and he's yep. found Richardson. So, he's yeah, he's going to be yeah, – he's had a – Pretty unlucky year for mine, and that as you said, Ben, like he's because he still holds his own first rounder. You know, he's he's in the lottery. He's a chance. I think he's going to have pick four in the lottery by looking at this. Maybe pick five, but um, you know, he's in with a puncher's chance to get in that top three or four, and to get a nice piece to add to this team next year. All right, yep. we oh go face quick. Now, I was going to give Keeney a footy analogy here. He'll love this one. Mm. The dingers are a little bit like the crows this year, aren't they, Keeney? Mm. Where they 
missed out on the finals, probably should have made it. Going into next year, get everyone healthy, get some good picks in the door, bang, they'll be expected to be right up there. I agree with that. I like, like it. it. Like it. Let's uh, finish with pros. our last game here, which saw the San Diego Demons 144 defeating the Gym City Stallions 104. And you know what that means, boys. The sweep again. We had lots of sweeps. I hope that we, I hope that we continue the sweeps happening this week. Uh, Got enough water in the bucket? He's he's going to have to refill. He's going to have to refill. He's just. Bobby. I mean, you don't tend to sweep with water. It's more of a mopping situation. But um, yeah, I like a mop. <laughs> a, a wet mop. Face. I was going to say our our wrists are not sore from all the the big circle jerking session we had before, but it's from the six consecutive sweeps with the wrist action. We've been sweeping. You guys can't see it because you're listening, but we're watching each other. And our wrists are very sore, very Joe Burrow-like, very <laughs> circle jerk-like. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Thais is out of action from typing on his keyboard tomorrow now. Um, this is ready for bed. Jim needed to score, essentially. Um to be a shot for playoffs and he pulls out a 104. It's a pretty disappointing week for him in particular uh, and he's just starting to lose ground. We'll get into some divisional and playoff standings in a moment. But, uh, yeah, not not a lot other than the Dak Prescott trade. We, we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. It's looking very nicely for him. He's currently mm. sitting as the QB3. He's just pulled out another 32. Um, Goff has dropped off a bit on the same token. He started the year very nicely and he started to – well, he had a bit of a purple patch in the middle. He started to fall away. Um, yeah, and then hopefully Flacco can come in and just give him some extra boost there at that QB position. Um, but, yeah, he, he's going to need – or Tank Dell's probably his big his big story, let's be honest. The guy's having an unbelievable season, and he got him uh, in the arse end of the fourth round. The On oh no, a start of the fourth, 402, he picked him up um, – very, very nice, sitting as the very, wide receiver 11, believe it or not. Very, very nice indeed. And we were talking before about Tamo's mindset around bringing in Bryce Young. Well, I think maybe you look at this game and maybe that's been answered given he started him over Russell Wilson. So maybe that's where he's thinking he doesn't really see Rusty as a big <clears throat> fantasy scorer anymore, even though he's pretty consistently put up his 15 to 18 this year. But Bryce Young's been uh, the one that he's chosen to play ahead of him, which in is his defense, In his defence, Russ was playing Cleveland, so I think he might have been scared off by that a bit. But mm. he also might. He also might. We shall see. Uh, one probably disappointment for Camo is Charbonnet had the clear-cut start and was pretty underwhelming. In fact, he's he's had his snap percentage bumped up a fair chunk the last two weeks. Uh, with the Kenneth Walker injury. Um, yeah, and only a 7.8 as a result of 14 carries. So he's going to – and he's got some pretty tough matchups, actually, over the next month, um, which might make him sort of question whether he can trust him as a start. I don't know. But with Alave injuries and things like that, he might just be forced to run with him. Samaj P. Ryan's having a nice little season there, so he might be tempted to – tinker around with his starting lineup, but probably would be expecting a bit more from Charbonnet. I'll tell you what's really interesting, just looking at Alave for Camo. He got Alave 
and a first for Deshaun Watson, which is like the same thing that he gave up for Bryce Young. He gave up DJ Moore and a first to get the QB Bryce Young. He gave up the QB, Deshaun Watson, to mm. get a larvae and a first. I just find that an interesting where do we see Deshaun Watson v Bryce Young? Ooh, well, you think Deshaun, you would think, has more upside before he sort of went on IR. He actually had his best game, arguably, in a long while. I'd also say that Alave is a fair step up from DJ Moore in terms of dynasty value, and a 24 first is far more valuable than a 26 first. So um, that probably, to me, makes up enough of the difference what Watson and Bryce Young could be from a dynasty point of view. This is simple for me. Camo is just a good boy. He got rid of Deshaun Watson. No, no. Brings in Bryce Young. He's a good boy. He'll yep. be fine. Clean cut. Well played. Um, gods. Scored an eight. Might want a bit more out of his good boy. Hawkinson just gets the nice little Dobbsy rub again. Uh, happy days for that position there. But, yeah, Najee is coming back, having a, a nice sort of – uh, he's not losing out, I guess, to Jalen Warren. He's just he's having nice games with that pairing there rather than being sort of benched for him. So things are coming along quite nicely there, and he's going to want to continue that score because, Keeney, we're scrapping power rankings this week because we need to uh, need to get divisional. Divisional, divisional. Divisional, let's get divisional, let's talk division stuff. Never misses. It's good every Pour time. Pour one out for uh, Olivia for yeah, that banger of it's like a, a segment uh, there. It's like a plain thin chip. Yep. Just, Just dissolving in your mouth. Gets better with time. Um so, division from a division point of view, just officially locked into the uh, mm. the divisions is the Sunny Weaver Junior, the San Diego Demons. They're officially the division winners. No one can chase them down. And the Park City Lions, officially the Bo Callahan division winners for this season. Keeney, we'll put you as a an official, unofficial division winner. You're currently two wins ahead of Thayer, so you'd have to lose both games. He'd have to win both, but... You've got him by about 110 points. So to chase that down in two weeks is possible. It's doable. Um, but you'd think unlikely. So, yeah, there's a little asterisk this week to play out in the Vonta Mac division just to sort that one out potentially. That's right. And uh, congrats to Camo and yourself, Ben, locking away the division. As we know, it doesn't mean a lot when it comes to playoffs, but. Both in the box seat to get a buy. I think uh, you just you both of you just need to keep winning, and you'll be the one and two seed respectively. Yeah, I think we were saying off air that if for myself, if one of you and Camo lose this week and I win, I think that locks me in for a buy, and then the same goes for Camo. If one of you or I lose Keeney and he wins, he's a lock for playoffs. There, if all three of us win, it's going to go down to the last week to determine the the one and two seed. Thais question for you boys has a division winner ever won a ring no no mm. <laughs> i'll go back to my off-air analogy and if you flip a coin three times and it comes up head three times i don't think that means 
the odds are 100% head, 0% this is tails. A very biased coin, though, Benny. Very biased. It's extremely biased. Uh, yeah. We love a bit of recency bias in this league. We've been going for three years, I think. I'm going to get it. Go out on a limb. If this league sticks around for 15 years, which I think we all anticipate it, it will with the uh, engagement that this thing's got. I think we're going to find that uh, division winners and, and first round buys are, are going to fare pretty well for people than they have in the first three seasons where the likes of Juszczyk and Lev Bell are getting rolled out. Shout and out winning. to the boys if you're listening. Fuck you guys. The ring boys. <laughs> the ring buddies. How's the, uh, how does the, so there's the, Top three sort of seeded teams are looking pretty likely with those three there, Keeney. What about four to six? Well, four to six is uh, still up for grabs. The likely, the likelihood is that Thais will probably be the four seed, the four and five seed are out of Thais and Maddie. And the irony is they four and five seed play each other in week one of the playoffs. So, ladies and gents, you could just about lock in that the Prestige Worldwide will come up against the Johnny United's haircuts most likely in week one of the playoffs. And then it's really down to who fills in the sixth seed, which is Jake's got a strong stranglehold on that at the minute, but he's he's 100 points clear of Jim, who his next rival. So he, Jim needs to make up some ground. And that's, look, I, I understand there's a lot of other possible scenarios. You know, Scooty Scoot wins out and... Manny loses everything and Jake loses everything. You know, there's other possible scenarios, but the likely scenario is that it's sort of Jake v. Jim for that six seed. Yep. So Scoot's best chance, well, only chance really is to get in off wins. So he's got to chase yep. down Manny and Matt. Um, so he needs a lot to play out there, but you're right. And then Jim needs scoring to sort of work in his favour. But, you know, with teams like the Giants on by, Jake loses a bit of five power in his lineup so the buy could uh wreak a bit of havoc i haven't even looked at the projections for the upcoming week um not that they mean everything but uh currently i don't think there'll be any buyers 93 there's two buyers sorry there's two teams on buy in week 14 okay but for this week um jim's got 93 jake's got 86 now it's assuming they're starting their best lineup as of right now i'm not even going to bother clicking in to find out but um, he's going to need to make up more than sort of a few points there. He's going to need some big chunks. Yeah, he's going to need a bit of luck. But um, I suppose the way I look at it, there's basically seven teams in the mix for playoffs. Scoots hanging on by a thread to be the eighth team. And then the, the four that have basically been mathematically eliminated are Timos, Papa, the DFF and the Dingers. And currently as it stands, you said... Uh... Timos in the number one in the box seat for the lottery yeah. there. Yeah, so at the minute it's Timos uh, max points the lowest, so he would be the 101 in the lottery. The DFF would be the 102. It's just 50 points Papa, behind. Yeah, Papa the 103, Scooter the 104, but that is Papa's pick, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hod the 105 and Jim the 106 if it all goes to plan. Mm. Plenty to play out over these next two weeks. A lot at stake at both ends of the table there. Thais, you are going to be... Well, you... We we didn't say, but you're... Uh, are you up against the 
straight cash homies this week. Yeah, so probably love. doesn't fare too well for Scoot's plans of you losing both your games. When but stranger things have happened. You know, it's rivalry round, the derby or derby. Well, it depends on where in Australia you're from when you pronounce that. But uh, stranger things could happen. So it's going to be a fascinating watch for all the possible incarnations. But got to say a big shout out and thank you, Thais, for coming on the podcast and just. Boy, do we love to chat. Just a 90-minute pod that we've ripped out tonight. So thanks for uh, choosing to spend 90 minutes of your evening with us, Thais. We're passionate about potato chips and their brother corn chips. So thanks for having me on and I'm off to have a bag of kettle chill chills. <laughs> I love that. Maybe catch the end of the movie you were about to watch with the doll. Uh, but uh, no, thanks. So I reiterate what Ben said. Great to have you on some really insightful conversations, I reckon. And what you lack in medical acumen, you make up in good looks and theories. So that's what I'm all about. <laughs> I'll take that. And potato Thank chips. So it was a bloody pleasure having you on, mate. Thanks, As for you, Ben. Oh. As for you, Benjamin. You need to sort out your chip aisle preferences. <laughs> I'll work on that for you. Look, without uh, without Hod here, it's we've got to find a way to sign off. And I guess you could say that without him... Not ideal, but not catastrophic either. I don't know if that came through in the sound grab, but not catastrophic either. Have a good night. Thais, go round it out. <laughs> you got... I was going to say, uh, before I give my sign off, any guesses as what the Hod's favourite potato chip is for when he's on next week? Might as well get the ball rolling. Oh, his would be a real healthy number. It'd be like a cicada or something. I think he's a salt and vinegar operator. I think he might be. Yeah. He's always liked it salty. Loves yeah. to sweat on him. All right. Not ideal, but not catastrophic either.